The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, or for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. Always consult with a mental health or healthcare professional before engaging in any activities promoted in this podcast. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Join clinical psychologist Dr. Janina Scarlett and host Dustin McGinnis as they explore the psychology behind your favorite TV shows, movies, books, comics, video games, and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek. We're extremely excited today because we get to talk about one of our favorite fandoms, which is Supernatural. And we also have a very special guest, Rachel Miner. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for being on our show. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here. It's amazing for you to be on our show. We really appreciate you taking the time out to talk about something that's really close to our hearts, which is Supernatural. Yeah, thank you so much for being on our show, Rachel. No, thank you, guys. I'm big fans of yours. I think everything you do is wonderful, and I'm very excited to be a part of it, and I'm very excited to get to talk about Supernatural. Yay! Okay, so let's get started. This show has such a huge fan base. I mean, it's humongous. What do you think it is that people really like about this show? Well, I think one of the beautiful things about uh, this fandom, we call it a family, the supernatural family, is how close everyone is and how much it means to everyone. So it's not just that it's large. It's that it's very loyal. I think the commonality I see is that for a lot of people, it was life-changing to kind of find this fandom and find people who you really connected to and really care about. And I think a lot of that has to do with the central theme of the show, which is that sense of family and loyalty and caring for one another. And that underlies, and it's not done in a sappy way. And I, I think that really speaks to a lot of people. You're my family. I love all of you. Please, please. Don't make my last moments be spent watching you die. Just run. Save yourselves. And I will hold Ramiel off as long as I can. Yes. No. Yes. You need to keep fighting. We are fighting. We're fighting for you, Cass. And like you said, you're family. And we don't leave family behind. Yeah, and I think psychologically speaking also, what I've seen from my patients is that a lot of them really relate to the characters in terms of facing their own monsters, right? Like Sam and Dean are not the only hunters on the show. So for just about every hunter that we see on the show, they're facing not only actual demons, but also their own. Someone like Bobby, for example, is facing the traumas of his past. (laughs) Why are you always provoking? Because he's a bad kid. That's why. Well, that's a load of crap. 
Who the hell were you to say? I'm your father. And you show your father respect. The day he deserves it, you drunken bully. Punching women and kids, is that what they call fatherhood in your day? Oh, you deserved it. Believe me, you were nothing but ungrateful. I was a kid! Kids ain't supposed to be grateful. They're supposed to eat your food and break your heart, you selfish dick. You died, and I was still so afraid I'd turn into you. I never even had kids of my own. Good. You break everything you touch. Uh-huh. Well, as fate would have it, I adopted two boys, and they grew up great. They grew up heroes. So you can go to hell! As well as Sam and Dean, who are facing multiple losses, multiple traumas, and throughout different parts of the show, seem to be experiencing depression, substance use, or post-traumatic stress disorder. That's a beautiful point. Whether people are even aware of it or not, it's so much of what they relate to. You're talking about families and things like that, but um, the show is also full of all these monsters and demons. And I'm curious how they can be used to help us understand our own experiences. Well, I, I think from my perspective, it's also just part of being human that there is always the dark side, the shadow aspect, the things mm -hmm. that are harder to confront. And I think a lot of that is just even when we are experiencing fear, just what it takes to actually confront those things. And that, you know, it's so important that we find whatever that inner strength is and that we not hide from them or run away. And I think that that is just part of the human condition. That's my two cents. Absolutely. And I think, you know, throughout the show, we see different characters coping with their pain or co whether it's adaptively or maladaptively, right? Someone like Sam is someone who's usually trying to connect with his emotions and trying to take care of other people, trying to find meaning through connection. And someone like Dean is someone who's likely to try to forget about his past. I wish I couldn't feel anything, Sammy. I wish I couldn't feel a damn thing. Who's likely to rely on substances or sexual encounters to forget what happened to him but he also finds meaning in fighting monsters my piece is helping people working cases that's all i want to do both of them at different times i think connect to this idea of protecting others but i think sometimes it's also an escape for them it's a mission it's a reason to forget their own problems and kind of seek justice too it's one of the things that I love so much about fantasy and science fiction and so forth is we can connect so much on a much deeper level to real truths, to real human truths, when they're taken a little bit into a realm that's a little different, that's not quite what we might be seeing in our life. And that just for some reason makes it easier to take those truths in. Absolutely. Sam and Dean, as well as Castiel and other hunters like Bobby, have all faced and sometimes run away from their own traumatic origins, something that you were actually discussing a little bit earlier, Rachel. What does this teach us about coping with trauma? Uh, you know, I'll give my, my two cents and then you can give the actual psychological reasoning behind it. I think that so much is, is just 
finding that will within, not running away from it. And I think, again, that is so much of what people connect to and why the show speaks to people on such a deep level. And I, and I do have the opportunity to get to know a lot of the viewers who, who really love the show when I'm doing conventions and so forth. And so many of them are going through their own trauma and having to face that. And I think that this shows them that, again, we can be flawed. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have some kind of natural or supernatural ability beyond the norm in order to have to find that bravery within and have to confront those monsters. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. And I think for most of us, when we're going through something painful, we don't always know who to connect to, how to express ourselves, or how to even begin to understand the trauma that we're going through, or the, or the excruciating depression or overwhelming anxiety. I mean, this is all my fault. I know that. You carry all kinds of crap you don't have to, do. There's always something eating at me. That's who I am. Ninety percent crap. Nobody hates you more than you do. I think that if we see that reflected on a beloved TV show like Supernatural, for example, it's easier for us to understand our own experiences. And I think that for fans, they're able to see that they're not alone in experiencing trauma. And they're able to see that one of the ways of coping with it is to find meaning. And in fact, that is what we're finding psychologically that people who are most likely to recover from trauma are people who are able to establish a sense of meaning because they're able to then create what's called post-traumatic growth. And this is where we maybe start helping other people who have been through something similar. So Sam and Dean are a great representation of that because they use their own pain and suffering to then protect the rest of the world, really, from the same kind of demons and monsters that have hurt them and their family and their loved ones. I'm finding it really interesting because now I'm going back to when you were talking about how Dean, he, he does escape his own traumas sometimes by focusing on Sam and, you know, uh, womanizing or whatever. But he always returns to be the hero and save the day. And that's, I guess, what you're describing as post-traumatic growth, is always finding that meaning to keep going on. For him, it's his brother, his family, that's everything. I mean, talking about family and brothers, Sam and Dean may be family, but they also consider others like Bobby and Cass to be their family too. What defines family and how does social support affect the characters and the people in real life? Well, I think that's one of the aspects that speaks to people the most is that we get to define our family for ourselves. And so much of that has to do with the love and loyalty that you form with someone and trust that you form with someone and what those bonds are and what they mean. Family doesn't end with blood. Uh, is something that goes around within the fandom a lot, that, that idea that it's so much more than what families were born into. What is it, huh? Why you let Mommy Dearest tie in the knots? Because we're family. We're blood. That's not the same thing. A wise man once told me 
Family don't end in blood. But it doesn't start there either. Family cares about you, not what you can do for them. Family's there, through the good, bad, all of it. They got your back, even when it hurts. That's family. That sound like your mother? I think we, we need that in order to form that sense of meaning and sense of resilience. We need to be able to choose what speaks to us on a deeper level, who speaks to us on a deeper level, and what and who inspire us to, to be our better selves, despite. And, and just to you know go back to some of the other points we've made as well, I absolutely love that there's never a character that on the show that isn't flawed that isn't like there there's no uh, sense of perfection and I think often the characters that aim toward perfection the most or try to live up to that illusion are usually the ones that go furthest off I know I'm a disappointment but you're wrong about humanity they are your greatest creation because they're better than you are Sure, they're weak, and they cheat, and steal, and destroy, and disappoint. But they also give, and create, and they sing, and dance, and love. And above all, they never give up. I think what I've seen, too, is that for a lot of fans, these kind of shows like supernatural for example become an extension of a family right like a surrogate family almost psychologically speaking we call these relationships parasocial relationships where we establish a bond with a fictional character and there's actually some research that suggests that these can be very helpful in helping us cope with depression loneliness trauma low self-esteem and and others I'm a trauma survivor myself, and for me, when I was a kid, I was severely bullied for being different. I was, you know, exposed to Chernobyl radiation as a child, so I'm basically a mutant. So when I saw the first X-Men movie, that really spoke to me, and that became my family. And then later, when I got into Harry Potter fandom, that became my family, and now I consider Supernatural fandom my family. You know, and whether it's the the actual characters or the the actors or the other fans, I consider the entire fandom to be my family. And I think that for a lot of us Supernatural fans, being a part of this fandom has been extremely healing, and and moving and and creating this sense of family beyond. The traditional sense of blood-related family. Right. That's that's beautiful. I was just going to add in something, which is, I've found that the need for inspiration and connection is so inherent to everything in life. For years, as an actor, I would have to go to very emotionally hurtful, hard places. A lot of times, you're you're kind of bringing up those moments of emotional trauma and living them out. And I found, especially on stage, you really need to have the inspiration and uh, impetus to keep going to those places and really go to them. And what I used to do, one of my mental tricks, is I would kind of place people in the audience that I don't even know if they were there, but whoever 
kind of I connected with at that moment, even if it was an actor that I'd seen in a film that really inspired me that it felt like they connected or understood something about that or, um, you know, a family member or a friend or whoever that is. And that would pull me through that night. And I do that in life as well. As you know, I have MS, so I deal with a lot of chronic pain and difficulty and struggles just throughout the day. And I find that if I have that sense of meaning and purpose and I have those people that I want to keep living for or I want to make life better for and I just hold that within my head, it pulls me through those moments. I think these connections mean everything. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It, it's all based off a of connection and, like we were saying earlier, family. Yeah. <laughs> Creating these yeah. connections. I feel like you're a real-life hunter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really loved how, Rachel, you were talking about flaws and everybody has these flaws and everything. And the funny thing is you play the second regeneration of Meg, which is a demon, right? Mm. Yet when you come in, your character ends up being very helpful to Castiel and the Winchesters and is kind of good. So your character might be flawed, but yet she's she's willing to help and be a support mechanism for the Winchesters and everybody. Can you please talk about your character? Absolutely. I honestly, I think this would be, if I had to pick one thing, my favorite thing about the show is that there is no clearly defined good and evil. It is always up to that individual actor. And I mean that as person taking action, not uh, <laughs> not person playing the part. But it's always up to that individual to decide in every given moment what their purpose is and, and who they're going to be. And whether that is going to be what is best for humanity or harmful to humanity. Because I think that is often the, the choice. I love that there are good and bad quote and you know everywhere in between angels and demons and monsters again it's always that individual choice you ever miss the apocalypse no why would i miss the end of times i miss the simplicity i was bad you were good life was easier now it's all so messy I'm kind of good, which sucks. You're kind of bad, which is actually all manner of hot. And Meg was fascinating because if you look at the trajectory of that character, she was always, there were certain qualities that were there that I think are very admirable qualities. She was always very loyal. She always fought very hard for the causes she was fighting for. She was clear-headed about whatever her goals were. And that kind of fierce loyalty and everything eventually leading her toward finding a better path, so to speak. Yeah. And I think that it's really important that we have those options as individuals, that we not judge ourselves or place ourselves in certain categories as being generically good or bad because we are all living somewhere in that gray and it has everything to do with the choices we make right now and I think that this show and this character especially highlighted that it had nothing to do with the facade and what people might think of her it was the choices that she made that ended up defining her in the end I absolutely loved 
Meg's strength and loyalty and the ability that whatever circumstances she was in, she was able to hold on to that kind of center within her. So there were scenes where she'd be being tortured or all this Mm -hmm. chaos was ensuing and all these things were going on around her, but she maintained this kind of sense of purpose and humor and bigger sense of scope, a bigger sense of what was going on. You know, you're sticking that thing in all the wrong places. Really? You sure were squealing. Knock yourself out. It's a host body. Some girl from Sheboygan moved to L.A. to be an actress. It's probably not even the worst thing that ever happened to her. And that helped her to always stay true to whatever her goal was. And I know going way back, the first role as an actor that I did was a true story, and it was playing a murderer. And I know that from a psychological aspect, I had to figure out how to justify. Because for any human being, we justify our actions. We rationalize them, they make sense. And I had to figure out what made sense to her. And the thing that I really connected to was she was really obsessed with, in love with, we could argue whether it was love or obsession, but this guy. And it so much had to do with her actually taking action for him. And she felt that he was being bullied by this guy and she was protecting him. And then those were the aspects I took that and it spiraled, spiraled it out so that it was went to a negative. But I love that you could find the good motivations even within a bad action. That's um, taking family as blood a little bit too literally, yes, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. There are these kind of universal themes. There's so many characters on that show, like you were saying, that they're not defined by good and evil. They're actually, it's it's by the character. And I, I really see that in, say, Crowley, who's really cr- classy, and but he's really evil, but you really like him because he does some good things. And it's like, you're you're juggling these personalities. It's, it's great. It's and fantastic. And Crowley show. also starts having a human side when he becomes con- connected and basically attached to Sam and Dean, especially yeah. as he becomes hooked on, on human blood. Yeah. <laughs> You're my Marnie Moose. And, and Hannah, she just, she needs to be loved. She deserves it. Don't we all? You? Me? We deserve to be loved. I deserve to be loved! Absolutely. And what I really love, too, is that it goes beyond the labels, right? Like what the angels are supposed to be and what the demons are supposed to be. And someone like Meg, who is a demon, has a beautiful and sensitive and vulnerable side and can be a loyal friend and can be supportive. Even in the current season, we have Jack, who is Lucifer's son and who we would might expect to be completely evil, but who has very strong code of ethics and who's a, a very, very kind soul. All the characters, it goes back to connection and everything like that. And I realize that some fans say that the character of Castiel resonates with them because he seems to be on the spectrum. 
pizza man truly loves this babysitter. Why does he keep slapping her rear? Perhaps she's done something wrong. This isn't funny, Dean. The voice says I'm almost out of minutes. Okay, alright. Are you... drunk? No. Yes. My people skills are rusty. Try New Mexico. I hear he's on a tortilla. No, he's not on any flatbread. It's not like Cash lives in my ass. The dude's busy. Cash, get out of my ass. I was never in your... I found a liquor store. And? And I drank it. Why is six afraid of seven? No. I assume it's because seven is a prime number, and prime numbers can be intimidating. I'll interrogate the cat. What are you guys' thoughts on this? I've actually had that communicated to me quite a few times by people who have been told they're on the spectrum. And I think that it's something that means a lot. I know I very well could be considered on the spectrum. I do not know. I, ha I haven't had that evaluated, but I think it's quite likely. But for any of us that maybe think a little differently or feel differently or perceive the world a little not I guess as would be considered normal human perception although I don't know what that is um, <laughs> I think I think that he speaks to all of us there are certain characters that have always spoken to me Castell being one of them I think a Doctor Who and Spock and all those people who are slightly outside, maybe slightly different mm -hmm. and do see the world differently. And it's really, really, really important that we see that represented and we find characters that we can connect to that tell us quite literally, hey, it's okay to exist. It's okay to be the way you are. It's okay to be different. I know it's pulled me through many a hard time and I've talked to many people who it has really helped and I've talked to a few people who said that because they watched the character of Meg fall in love so to speak with Castiel they felt for the first time that they could be loved that they were lovable which is so important and again yeah. it's just the importance of having ourselves reflected and represented to us and seeing how that fits because a lot of times we're making those calculations as humans. Okay, how do I fit in this world? And what are my possibilities? And what are my potentials? And if we're given some kind of example on screen, that can make all the difference in feeling that we're valid and feeling that we have a chance to exist and be. I love that. We're very huge proponents of diversity and representation and all that. And it, it, it's such a value to see yourself represented up on a screen or something and give you that, that validation. And if you were on the spectrum, I, I would assume it would be something like the rainbow spectrum. Does that exist? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the unicorn rainbow spectrum. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we're all magical. Right. <laughs> Dr. Scarlett, uh, you contributed several chapters of the Supernatural Psychology book, and you use Supernatural in therapy with your clients. Have you and any of your clients been able to use uh, Supernatural in therapy? Yes. Actually, I have a number of clients who are big, big Supernatural fans, and one of them in particular was talking to me about her experience of sexual assault. And this is something that she hadn't thought about for years because she repressed it. She was running away from it. 
And when she finally came face to face with it was when she started having massive, massive, massive panic attacks and she couldn't understand what was happening. It was like she was getting attacked by demons. And it was after we started processing that she realized that she was being triggered by something she had been, in fact, running away from for over five years. And we were talking about her connection with the show. She really connects with Dean. And she said that for her, Dean really helped her understand what it's like to not want to face your traumatic experience, but then also to come face to face with it, to feel that sense of responsibility and to feel haunted by your past on daily basis. Now, over time, she'd been able to become a hunter herself in a way in that she is now an advocate for people who are sexual assault survivors. And a lot of it, she contributes to Supernatural, to what it's taught her and what she's learned throughout the show. And I think that experiences like it can give us motivation and courage that we need to face our own painful experiences and to find a way to create those kind of changes in real everyday kind of life. That's beautiful and and truly beautiful story and so touching and amazingly universal to the perspectives that I, I've seen and heard within the fandom. As they say at conventions, I get to talk to a lot of people and there's so much, so many people who are going through their own traumas and that use the show in that way. And each individual story is so inspiring and I think within the community, we inspire each other constantly with our own stories of overcoming. So having a show like this to help spark that is an incredible thing. Absolutely. And as both a fan and as a psychologist and a, a trauma survivor, I am so incredibly grateful to the writers, the creators, the actors, the producers, just everyone working on the show and putting it together. And I see how incredibly close all of you are and how how much everyone supports everyone, like how, how much the cast and the writers and the crew, how much everyone supports each other and how much everyone supports the fans of the show. And I think that a lot of people are alive today because of the show. I just wanted to say you're absolutely right, it is the, the most supportive group of actors that I've ever worked with in crew. And uh, we really do look out for each other on a regular basis. I have text message feeds with a bunch of us and things that just are constantly encouraging. And I've never seen a group like this where everyone just goes out of their way to make sure they're looking out for each other. And it's something very unique and special. <laughs> Janina and I are both holding our hearts. It just sounds so beautiful. Now I want to go watch Supernatural. <laughs> This show inspires so many wonderful things out there. And if, in fact, Rachel, you are an integral part of Random Acts, which promotes doing random acts of kindness throughout the world. And it's an awesome project. Can you please tell us more about it? Absolutely. I would love to. Misha founded this charity, and I was lucky enough that he tapped me to be the executive director. It has been the most inspiring and wonderful experience. I think one of the largest strengths about what Random Acts does as an organization. In short, we fund acts of kindness from small to large. So everything from 
something someone wants to do in their local community, like, you know, buy a book for a kid to go to school or, or something, you know, an action that you can very easily do, we, we'll, we'll fund that. But we also have, for example, a free high school in Nicaragua, an orphanage in Haiti that we fund. The free high school is just one of the most beautiful projects because it was built with the hands of people in the local community, with uh, volunteers, but it's an exquisite building and it was put there to help turn around the entire a cycle of poverty within an entire area. In Nicaragua, one of the things that happens is if you get pregnant, you can no longer go to school. So whole generations fall into this cycle of poverty where the girl gets pregnant, she can't finish her schooling, then her kid doesn't necessarily get proper schooling, and it just goes on and on. So now we've offered this free high school where people can go, and we're actually in the midst of building a daycare there, so they can go, they can bring their children. And another aspect is it's a rural farming community, a lot of Kids have to drop out of school because they have to still make ends meet for their family. So we offer classes on weekends and basically anything to upset that imbalance that keeps people stuck in their condition. The point being, though, that each of these actions, whether it's seemingly small or seemingly large, shows us how we as individuals can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is so powerful. Sometimes we can feel with large charities or large organizations that they're tackling these problems, but you need to be able to give a million dollars to make even a a difference at all. Um, And this shows, no, 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 that the world is changed by our daily individual choices and that it's very easy to do something hugely impactful for another or for, for many others. And so I think that's a message that we're constantly trying to put out there is to empower people to make the world better and make it what we think it should be. And yeah, so it's it's just really, really special to get to see the people actually doing these things and to get to be a part of spreading that message in the world. And that was completely started by Misha Collins. And most of the support for years has come through the Supernatural fandom. So it's just a great example and great outlet for people within that group. So beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful project. I I, I love it. I I simply love the fact that everybody has an opportunity to make some kind of a difference out there that is impactful and positive. I wanted to also say the way that Dr. Scarlett and I met was because one of the things that Renamex has been doing for years and working on is the Crisis Support Network. Mm-hmm. And we put together a group of amazing people and organizations. And we're can just kind of helping to connect people to these means of support and help. So I Am Alive is one of the groups we work with and we've funded volunteers to get training so that there's a huge network of crisis support people who are there to help when someone's in need and then also that's how we connected through pop culture hero we connected to dr scarlett who's done amazing work there 
and I fell in love with her work and her books, and we're so much on the same page about some of the things that can make a difference and spark change. And, and when I read Therapy Quest and Harry Potter Therapy and Superhero Therapy, to me, it spoke to me on such a deep level because I knew this was something that would help me and help many others. So just wanted to speak to that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel. That means so much to me. And I am absolutely honored to be working with you, with Random Acts, and with Misha, and with Pop Culture Hero Coalition. I think it's just, I think it's a wonderful and very, very important cause. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that could be really helped by this. Speaking of superhero therapy, Dr. Scarlett, you travel the world in teaching mental health professionals on how to incorporate pop culture, such as supernatural, into therapy and teaching non-professionals about the benefits of pop culture. What would you hope people would ultimately take away from something like this? What I'm finding is that worldwide, I'm seeing the same kind of thing where people are scared to talk about their own experiences. People don't always know how to express their emotions, but they can connect with a fictional character because I think to some degree, fiction represents truth. I think that we see a representation, a mirror of our own experiences sometimes in fiction, whether it's by seeing prejudice, by seeing trauma, by seeing depression or sexual assault. And so I think that when we see a character on the screen that has a, a true representation of a real life issue, then it can allow us to face something that we ourselves have been running from, to confront it, to to learn from it, and to learn that there is hope, to learn how to recover. So my hope uh, for mental health professionals is to acknowledge that we have a responsibility to our patients to use any means necessary to help them in terms of incorporating pop culture, for example into therapy if that is something that our patients identify with. And for non-clinicians, my hope is that people will understand that you're not alone, that there are a lot of people, that there are millions of people out there that are going through the same thing as you, and that your voice, your story makes a really big difference in the life of someone else. That just as supernatural or a different fandom might speak to you, your own real story might speak to somebody else. So I hope you share it and I hope you know how incredibly wonderful and magical and incredible you are. And the truth is, you are a hunter. You face your daily battles every single day and you are the most loved, the most magical, the most amazing being that you can ever imagine. Wow. I almost want to cry. <laughs> so beautiful. It's so beautiful. There was something I, I thought to say, but it's not nearly as profound <laughs> because that, that was one of the most beautiful statements. One thing that I learned in acting for years was the importance of creativity and the resilience that that brings with it. It's a very interesting thing, but as an actor, you're constantly kind of tapping on these emotional truths and deep emotions. But on the other hand, you're turning it on and off and contacting it at will and then going on break. And, you know, as, and so you learn there's a lot of strength that we have as individuals from a mental point of view. And that sometimes these things in life can feel like they are taking over us, but you start to see your choice, your ability to control some of what's going on. 
and that's something that has proven very helpful to me across the years and and a lot of that also it works along with creativity and that sense of empowerment that you have when you are actively creating something and you know that it is within your control and so I think that there's a magic that I've seen in using that to then be able to help yourself to guide yourself through and the help of your books to me really works in that way you can use both yeah thank you so much that was so beautiful and thank you so much for reading my books i am honored to have had you read them and really honored to to have you on thank you so much rachel i love what you're saying about choices it brings us all back to connection and how this phantom in particular supernatural just brings this huge community of love and random acts of kindness and just so many wonderful things i'm going to go ahead and conclude this episode of superhero therapy on that positive note thank you so much for being on our show rachel we really appreciate you taking the time thank you rachel thank you so much both of you will be presenting on the psychology of tv show panel at san diego comic-con this year so we hope that our listeners uh, stop by who are going to be attending the San Diego Comic-Con. And again, we thank you so much for being on our show. Is there any way that people can reach you on social media or anything you can uh, give as far as random acts? Yes. So my personal social media is Rachel Minor one on Twitter and randomacts.org as our website. And on Twitter, you can find us under randomacts.org and Facebook, you can find us under randomacts.org. On Twitter, I am at Shadow Quill, Quill like a feather. And on every other social media platform, you can find me under Superhero Therapy. And again, my name is Dustin McGinnis. You can find me on Twitter at The Valiant Geek. Thank you so much for tuning in to this very special episode of Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett on Supernatural. Take care, everybody, and keep doing those random acts of kindness. Pudding!